huge fucking nerd. That's right, I'm a huge fucking nerd. I like lots of books and computers, cause I am a huge fucking nerd. One of a kind shades made to order by Vaporshades.com. Vaporshades designs the outer layer of the sunglasses just like a wrap on a car. They customize your sunglasses, marbling the paint. The end result is no two pair of sunglasses are alike. Yours will be completely unique to you. Check us out at Vaporshades.com. Use promo code TUTTLE for 15% off your entire order. Get ready for your daily dose of TUTTLE. Uh, the all-time greatest uh, intern slash producer we've ever had, of course, TUTTLE. TUTTLE in Florida. From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp, it's the TUTTLE Daily Podcast. No wonder nobody likes you, TUTTLE. Everything's a goddamn debate. Welcome to another edition of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hope you guys are having a great Sunday. Man, I am a little exhausted. Uh, I I don't want you to think that I'm uh, hungover or anything. It's just I ended up watching the Florida Gator Alabama Crimson Tide football game last night. And, And I know a lot of people. Listen, I'm not one of those guys where I let it ruin my day if my favorite sports team loses. No, I, I, I'm not that type of guy. I didn't even go to the goddamn school. The only reason I root for the University of Florida is that's where all of my dad's family is from, is Gainesville. So that's why I root for the team. And, and it's not about rooting for the team. It's about the experience. Getting to watch the Florida Gators with my pops is something that I cherish greatly. You know, I I took it for granted when I was younger, but as I've gotten older, I've talked about this. I I would I would travel on the weekends during football season, during college football season, to come from Tampa to Oak Hill, which is in Volusia County near Daytona Beach, and I would make that drive just to watch the Florida Gators football team with them. I, I told you, one of my greatest memories in high school was back in, I think it was 96. Yeah, it was 96 because the Gators won the national championship that year. Um, me and my dad, we had went to Gators Dockside to right there at Victoria Square in Deland to watch FSU versus Florida. And that was the year they were ranked one and two. So... Florida, I think, lost by a field goal at that game. And then FSU and Florida ended up playing again in the Sugar Bowl, and Florida beat them 52-20. to Now, that number is always going to stick out. There, it's weird how the brain works, how you can remember things, but that 52-20 to score when Florida ended up beating FSU, yes, I'm always going to remember that. Because we had to sit there and get a bunch of shit talk to us when the Seminoles beat us at the final game of the season. And then we came back and just put a complete ass whooping on them to win the national championship. But I digress on that part. It's just very, very important to be able to watch the Florida Gator football games with my dad. It's just one of those memories. And I know I'm not trying to be like down or Debbie Down or anything, but I know those times. Are, are drying up. Those times are not always going to be around, and and I'm cherishing them. I, I really am. So it was a great game last night. You know, I'm, I'm not one of those sports fans that says, oh, that was a moral victory. No, you lost. You, you lost. But you didn't get blowed out like everybody thought you were going to get blown out by, and you made it interesting towards the end of the game. So you know what, Gators? Yes, 
you're probably not going to make a New Year's Six Bowl game. I mean, you could. But the problem I have, because the, the CFB playoffs just came out, Ohio State. Yes, they're a great team. I get it that they are a, they're a heritage school. So I'm not trying to trash Ohio State, but they only played six games. I mean, seriously, Texas A&M deserves to be there before them. Texas A&M only lost one game, people. And, and I think they were 9-1. and one. Ohio State, 6-0. and oh. what, is, what is more impressive, 9-1 and one or 6-0? and oh? I'm, I'm, I'm going with 9-1. and one. Plus, it's also not fair if Ohio State, they've played four less games than everybody else. So, yeah, I, I do believe in momentum, but they're also going to be fresher. They're also not going to be fatigued. Because those games start to build up on you. You you get mounting injuries, people that aren't 100% like they were at the beginning of the season. So, yes, Ohio State as a number, I think they're a number three seed. Yeah, they're going to have the advantage because they're going to have fresher legs. If you've been a supporter of this show for any amount of time, you know there's two ways to be able to get a hold of me. You can either email me, Tuttle at gmail.com. That's Tuttle with two D's, T-U-D-D-L-E at gmail.com. And now you can also leave me voicemail, 407-270-3044. Once again, that is 407-270-3044. Now, a lot of people have been saying, oh, you, because I tell you, I, I do not listen to these voicemails beforehand. Now, I do listen to like the first second at the beginning, first second at the end, because I got to trim them up to be able to play on this show. But for the most part, I don't know what the hell this person is calling about. I like to be able to get my first reaction as I'm listening to it for the first time. So I'm going to start and stop these. I got two voicemails. Once again, if you'd like to leave me a voicemail, 407-270-3044. And if it's a really good voicemail, if it's a voicemail that leads me into a long conversation and I discuss it and I get a lot of content out of it, I'm going to send you a Tuttle Daily Podcast fitted hat from my partner, my sponsor, stitchyouup.com. Eric, Eric's going to make that hat up for you. Uh, I'm sure he might send you some stickers as well, too. So when you send me a voicemail, 407-270-3044, if it's a good one, I might just send you a hat. Hey, Tuttle, here's some food for thought. Wouldn't this be an amazing podcast for your next show if you can get Spice Boy on for an interview or even Cowhead, the great asshole himself? Trust me, I would so be down for that. But the thing is, is that they would never do it. They're they're not going to do it because... If I'm going to do it, I'm going to ask the questions that everybody wants to know. I'm going to be impartial. I, I will ask the tough questions to both sides. But if, if I'm interviewing Calta, Cowhead, or, or Spice Boy, I, I, I'm not going to let them just tell their side of the story. I, I, I already know Bubba's side of the story. I think I know all of Bubba's side of the story. Who knows? I, I really don't know. But if I was going to do it, I would love to do a, a whole show dedicated to that. Let me do my own vet investigation. Let me ask the questions that need to be need to be asked, because I'm not afraid to do that. These other reporters like uh, what what's her name? Gloria. Oh, God damn it. I forgot her name over in Tampa. Uh, 
I'm going to ask the real question because none of these people, like, they'll, they'll ask a question. You see, this is what reporters don't do anymore. Reporters will ask a question, and then the person that they're questioning will, be, will give them a runaround answer. And I don't know if it's because the reporters don't have the balls to be like, uh, you did not answer anything. I'll ask you again, what is such and such? And then, and then it would keep going on and on. But you got to call these people to task. Now, I know for a fact Spice Boy wouldn't do it. Uh, Spice Boy, uh, Matt, Matt definitely wouldn't do it. And that's the thing about it. Like, I had a great time when I was uh, Spice Boy's producer at 1025 The Bone. Spice gave me a lot of chances when I was at the BRM because he, he was, a lot of people forget, he was the program director of Radio I.O. before it became Bub Army Radio. So, I mean, yeah, he helped me out a lot, but I think he's really pissed at me because uh, they had a hearing at, at, uh, in downtown Tampa at one of the courthouses, and Bubba sent me out there one time to try to interview Spice Boy, and he was not happy. He was not happy at all when he started walking by me. And, and I was asking, he never said a single word to me. His, his uh, I think, Tasha, I don't even know if they're still together. I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that I wish that they're separated, but uh, I wish them the best, but she was running interference. So that was the last time I saw Spice Boy. And Calta, no, I don't, I don't think Calta would either. I, I just, I don't think he would even give me the time of day. But I, I mean, listen, if you guys have some inside connections to make it happen, I would absolutely kill to do that interview. But I want to talk to Spice. I want to talk to Calta. And I would like to talk to Bubba as well. And I want to get all three's opinion. I think it would be brilliant. And I'm going to be fair and balanced, not to try to rip off Fox News, but I'm really going to be fair and balanced. Hey, what's going on, Tuttle? A couple questions here, brother. Uh, first one would be, do you think Donna's wings suck? Uh, second question is, did Donna have a bald spot? Third question is, do you think the reason Manson sort of walked out of the BRN was because of Donna's behavior towards, you know, his, his, his uh, association, public association with, you know, Janessa Brazil and the strippers and, and all that. Do you think that caused some animosity, you know, when Bubba was sort of getting friendly with Janessa during that time? Do you think that was the reason why Manson really didn't show up? Or do you think it was really because I got kicked off of Twitch? I want to know your honest opinion, brother. Appreciate it. Uh, Again, love you. Thanks, Pebble. Peace out, brother. All right. I, I'm going to be careful about talking about this. And I absolutely adore the Waters family. I, and I know a lot of the Bubba Army, you're going to hate me. But to be honest, like Manson, Manson has always looked out for me. He's always pulled me aside. Manson has always given me good advice. Uh, and Donna, Donna has always treated me like a part of the team. Now, maybe at first, I, I will admit, I don't think Donna trusted me at all. And I get it. I, I, I don't have a very trusting face. But I will tell you that I, I, I had mixed feelings on that, okay? Now, I don't want any of you guys to think that Donna, now, I maybe, I don't know the behind-the-scenes stuff, but I never saw it. I think it's more a part of that Manson and Donna have a very, very happy marriage. 
And guys, like I've seen it time in and time out. A lot of marriages do not last in radio. I would love to see the statistics of radio people that have ended up getting divorced because you're pitting in a lot of hours. A lot of people need your attention. And and even if it's the male or the female, it, one side always gets jealous. One side always is like, oh, they're, they're, they're ignoring me. They're not showing me enough attention. And, and that's how it's always been in radio. Uh, from what I've seen, I've never seen Donna be like, no, you can't be in there, uh, Mike, whenever there's girls in there. No, I, I never, ever saw that. I think it was more of Manson is not your stereotypical radio guy. And I'm not, t- I'm not talking about his abilities on air. He's really good at what he does. But what I'm trying to say is I think Manson was, unlike all the other radio guys, it was like, oh, fuck my family. Fuck the people. I'm Fuck my wife. Fuck my kids. Whatever. I'm going to do what I'm going to do because I'm the bad boy of radio. And I'm not calling out any certain person when it comes to radio. I just really think that Manson loves his family more than the, uh, doing a radio bit. You know how many times my wife got pissed off? Because I did a dumbass radio bit that she wasn't happy about and it caused a big ass fight. But I did it anyways because I was chasing, chasing the dragon. I was going after the funny bit, the skit. And, and that was disrespectful. Now looking back on it, it kind of was disrespectful for me to do the things that I, I would do. And I would still do it because I knew that it was going to piss off my wife. Yeah, that, that's kind of disrespectful. So what I'm trying to say is I, I don't think I don't think any of that. I I think from just talking to Manson, it's Manson talking about, you know, he felt like he was lied to. And, and I'm, I'm not going to comment on that. I want to be friends with everyone. So but for you to attack Donna. No, I dude, just get over it, man. I mean, to be honest. Manson is trying to do his own thing. Yeah, he does take shots at Bubba, but, I mean, come on, that's that's a part of radio. You guys cannot be mad at Manson for taking shots at his former employee. God, I mean, Bubba wrote the book on it. So I'm not, I'm not taking sides on any of this stuff. I'm, I'm doing my own thing. I want to be friends with everybody. So I wish Bubba nothing but the best. I wish Manson and his family nothing but the best. You just have to keep hustling. And for you guys that want to, you know, compare numbers, you guys want to compare what Bubba's numbers are and maybe what Manson's numbers are, guys, I mean, do you realize that Manson's doing this all on his own? Manson is doing it without any terrestrial radio promotion. So, yeah, it's going to take a little bit of time. I have found out you have to grind you got to keep doing it and it's going to grow and grow and grow if the product is there if if it's compelling and it's great content the audience is going to grow so i just want to be friends with everybody but i i've never had any problems with manson trace donna uh, berlin weston the whole family i i've never had a single problem with them it's just I'm busy. I'm doing my stuff. I would like to get over there and, and be on the show one day, but it's just it has not worked out right now. It really hasn't. I am the busiest unemployed person in the United States of America. Be back in a few minutes. You are listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. 
is a nerd. I've only been arrested one time. A radio personality. Professionally, I'm not in the best position that I've ever been in. And hot talk satirizer? You would think with everything that's going on, a Caucasian like myself wouldn't be able to randomly talk to an African-American or a minority. You're listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Have you considered owning your own restaurant franchise? Good Life Organics currently offers territories across the United States. Check out GLO Franchising. That's GLO Franchising on Facebook to sign up for an overview session today. Good Life Organics Franchising, a new partner of the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tell them Tuttle sent you. Send them a message on Facebook at facebook.com slash GLO Franchising. Welcome back to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Guys, make sure you go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Tuttle. I got some great interviews up there. Uh, one of my favorites that I've done in a really, really long time, Ashley Cheney. Uh, she has that food podcast. Just search her, Ashley Cheney. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe include food podcasts in there. It, I know it'll come up. I, I'm really, really bad because, you, guys, you got to realize, I'm once I get done with an interview, I move on to the next thing. It's not that I don't care. I really do care. It's just I my brain sometimes is like a shot glass. You know, it can only hold so much stuff. And when you try to pour new stuff in it, the overflow is the stuff that I used to remember. So that's that's how it works. But yeah, go to my YouTube channel. I, I talked to Ashley Cheney. I also talked to my good friend, Courtney Stewart. Uh, she is a local therapist. Once again, I don't remember any of that off the top of my head. But just search Courtney Stewart therapist in the Orlando area. You'll be able to find her out. So that is the two latest interviews that I have there. Now, guys, I, I want to preface this. Vulture. Vulture is the best thing. That has happened to me in a really, really long time. And, I, and, and I'm going to say this, no homo, when I say that. But what I'm trying to say is that my show did not start growing exponentially uh, until Vulture came on board. And he takes care of every single thing behind the scenes for me, where all I got to do is look for things, think of ideas, stuff that is compelling to talk about. And he handles all the interviews, all the things behind the scenes, plugging stuff, talking to my sponsors, working business deals. Yes, there's listen, Vulture is working on some pretty big deals right now, people. I don't want to talk about them because a lot of radio hosts do that. A lot of radio hosts are guilty of doing that. And they are horrible at keeping secrets. Like, seriously. You know, when you're in the mafia, it's like everybody. No, do not be a rat. I ain't talking to you. Put the cuffs on me. I'll do the time standing on my head. That's the mafia. Guess what? When it comes to radio, that stuff is the bizarro mob. Everything is completely opposite when it comes to that. And they will talk about things before they're all said and done. And it either scares up. Sponsor, it either scares off manage, management or do I believe in karma or jinx jinxes? No, I do not. But maybe some people think you're you're jinxing it by talking about it before the deal is done. So I'm not going to do that. I will say there are some pretty big things in the works for the Tuttle Daily Podcast. 
Now, I, even though I may not seem like it, I know that a lot of people look at me when I was an alcoholic, when I was doing everything that I wanted to without consequences. Yeah, it, it probably most likely seemed from an outside standpoint or viewpoint that I'm irresponsible. I don't plan ahead, but I, I really, really do. Like, when I know that I got an interview coming up, and I don't care how bad the interview is, I it could be the worst interview in the world, but I could get you at least 15 to 20 minutes worth of usable audio or content for my YouTube channel or, or the podcast. But I plan ahead. And this, I, I had an interview with uh, Arthur Streb. Arthur Streb has an interview called The Old Man Podcast. And a lot of people are like, oh, why do you, you never talk to famous people? Now, I, I try to look at things and look at interesting people. And this guy is an older man trying to bridge the gap to the younger generation because it, it, it does happen. It happens all the time. And he talks a lot about Generation X, and that is right in my wheelhouse. I think Generation X, yeah, we, we most likely did not do a lot of brilliant things, but we were one of the most kick-ass generations. And I know a lot of people, I'm sure the baby boomers or the, the flower childs, or I don't even know uh, what came before all that. But what I'm trying to say, everybody thinks their generation is the best. So maybe it's just me. Uh, not being true to my true true to the game. So I had so many great questions for him, and and this is not Vulture's fault. I I mean I I talked to him about this. Is that this this happens when you're first starting out in radio? You try to get those guests, and you don't want to overshoot yourself. You don't want to outkick your coverage, so you go for interesting people like I've been doing. Uh, I got really good at booking people for that are from festival. Uh, I I forget the name of the book, and I'm gonna have to look that up. But I I I found this book that had every single weird festival that you could ever think of. Like what what was it? Um, oh, the Grits Festival. One one of the greatest drops because Dirty Jim. Jim Colbert, the host of uh, the Colbert Colbert Report. No, I, I don't even the Jim Colbert Show. Yes, I got it, guys. I'm just trying to be funny. But uh, one of one of the favorite one of my favorite drops that Dirty Jim said was uh, because we were interviewing a woman from the Grit Festival called Granny Grits and Jimmy, and it was all in the delivery. Man, I I would do I I I think Jimmy is naturally funny and interesting. But I'm I I would say he is going to be brilliant as hell if he purposely does what he used to do, like the catfish thing. You know, everybody used to bust his balls about the catfish thing, but it's brilliant because everybody remembers that. Was it embarrassing? Yeah, sure, but it's not embarrassing if you did it on purpose. So I wouldn't pit a patch Jimmy for doing that, but he asked Granny Grits. And I'm using air quotes. I know this is radio, but I'm I'm trying to paint a picture for you. He asked Granny Grits, what is your favorite grits? Or it could have been, hey, Granny Grits, what's your favorite grits? But it was all in the delivery, and we played that drop nonstop. 
So what I'm trying to say is, in a roundabout way, I, I know I took a big left turn there. But back to what I was saying is that's how I started out booking interviews on the Monsters in the Morning. I did not outkick my coverage. Uh, I didn't go for the famous people, but then I, I moved up. I started to get the up-and-coming artists because I learned why not make friends with the musicians or comedians that are on the way up, the people that are going to be big because I got to tell you what, I keep all my contacts. If you look at my phone right now, I probably have close to 1,700 different contacts, probably with two or three phone numbers, emails, everything together in my phone because I kept everything. And when you believe in an entertainer and you book them on your show, before they get big, guess what? When they get big, they remember that shit. But it, it, it always wasn't good for me because I would book a lot of people. I would book a lot of people for the show and they just wouldn't call. They would no call, no show. And that happened today. And I, I don't want you guys, like I said, I don't want listen. I know Vulture. Vulture is a military guy. Military guys pay attention to details. They double check. They do not leave things up to chance. Stuff like this happens. Shit like this happens. It makes you feel like crap, but you got to move on to the next one. Because I, I really did want to talk to uh, Arthur Strep. Because I, I actually really, really prepared for this interview. You know, I, I think it is possible to over-prepare for an interview. And hear me out, people. It's not because I'm lazy and, and I don't want to do the work, but I want the basic knowledge. I do. I, I just want the basics. I want to know about some of the big things. And I try to rearrange the questions, put them in my own words. And then I like to ask the first question. And then I listen because a lot of interviewers do not listen. They don't. They, they ask the question and then they're already on getting ready for the guy to stop talking. Yeah, they're listening, but are they taking it in? And, and a lot of them are. But when I do an interview, I listen to everybody just like it's a regular conversation. And I would say nine times out of 10 people off of what the guest says uh, for their answer, I will come up or I will think of a completely different question that I want to go to just from that. It, it, it's, it's almost like the interview is its own living, breathing organism. It goes where it wants to. I mean, it goes where I want to go to, but I branch off because a lot of times if you listen closely, uh, the, the guests, they'll say things. They'll, they'll talk about it. They'll give you an answer, but you can hear just from their delivery if, if there's some hidden meaning. Are they really giving you the truth? What, what is your next follow-up question? And if you didn't get your answer, do you try to stick on that question? So there's so many things you can do, and that's why I do not like to know. I don't want you to think that I go into interviews blind. No, I want to know every single thing that I can to a point because, like, I'm not going to say nine times out of ten again, but I would say better than average that the interview goes in a completely different direction than I expected it. So 
in a roundabout way. It's just saying I have to, and, and I've gotten better with this. I've gotten better with this when I started my podcast because I've never been a consist- consistent host. It just has never happened. I've either been a stunt boy, man on the street, producer, co-host, uh, you know, doing production work, whatever it may be. And now I become a host. And whenever I first started the podcast and, and hosting on a regular basis, I started realizing some of the things that the hosts that I worked through bro, through the years, Russ Rollins, Drew Garabo, Jim Phillips, uh, Calta, uh, Spice Boy, Shannon Burke, Bubba the Love Sponge. Yeah, I, I used to hear them. They, they would complain. They complain about, oh, people don't realize what I have to do as the host of the show. I, I'm thinking about the show all the time. And I, a lot of us used to think, hey, that guy's just being a prima donna. What is he doing? And now that I'm the host, I have to protect my image. I'm, I mean, I really don't even care what people think about me, but I am in the business of garnering an audience, building an audience. So, yes, I do care about my image. For that part, I've told people this. I, I would have never, ever gotten on social media if it wasn't for what I did for a living in radio. Because it sucks. A lot of people are dicks on social media. And it's just not worth it. It really, really is not worth it at all. But back to what I was saying. Um, yeah, it sucks. But I'm getting better with it. Because as a host, you have to get, you have to adjust. You have to adapt. You got to be quick on your feet because you got to roll with the punches. Because old me, old me, when I was drinking and, and taking every single drug that I could, I would have freaked out. I would have had a panic attack, but uh, I'm getting better at it. I, I really, really am. And I'm very fortunate to have Vulture as my producer. Like I said, I would not even be close or near where I'm at right now if it was not for his kindness reaching out, uh, trying to form a bond. And, and we became good friends, really good friends guy he's he's great and he's helped me out tremendously financially and when it comes to the content and i he's not giving me what i mean by financially is with the advertisements because the guy is a business savvy motherfucker all right i didn't mean to go on that rant i'm gonna take a quick break wrap up the show be back in a few minutes you are listening to the total daily podcast From the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Camp. Man, maybe I would have way more sex partners in my life if I just threw caution to the wind. It's the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Tuttle's Daily Podcast is brought to you by StitchYouUp.com. For your embroidery, screen printing, vinyl, and direct-to-garment printing needs, visit StitchYouUp.com. Stitch You Up specializes in custom caps, shirts, decals, and anything you want to personalize. Whether it's one item or large orders, they can handle any size. Unsure about what you want? Let Stitch You Up help you with your logo design. Visit stitchyouup.com or contact them, eric at stitchyouup.com. Stitch You Up, definitely not your grandma's embroidery. Welcome back, guys. Last segment of the day. I found this interview the other day, and 
and I found it to be really, really interesting. Okay, now this is on a larger scale. You got to realize when you're the son or daughter of a famous person, may it could be an actor, uh, an athlete, whatever, whatever, a politician. You got to realize things are going to be harder for that kid. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, why are you making excuses for them? They they live a life of luxury. No, guess what? You're always going to be compared to your father. He came first. That's where everybody knows them from. And now there there are a lot of famous father-son athletes in professional sports. But the reason that I'm talking about this is that Charlie Woods. Now, if the last name Woods, yes, it is Tiger Woods' son. Woods and his 11-year-old son, Charlie, will be a feature pairing at the PNC Championship, the annual winter team event that pairs a professional player with a family member. While many competitions are playing with their fathers in Saturday-Sunday event, the Woods pairing of the pro father and younger son is expected to be riveting. Now, I don't know if you guys know the whole story about Tiger Woods. I think that they're doing a documentary on it. But Tiger, man, do you realize, and I'm not saying Tiger's father was a bad father. I mean, if you look at the Williams sister, Venus and Serena, that father was very hands-on. Now, I mean, I see, I got to talk to Courtney, uh, the, the therapist that I had on for an interview this week. If you want to check out that interview, go to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Tuttle. Uh, but I, wa- I want to talk about that. Can parents push their children too far for greatness? Because, I mean, I, I'm never going to be a parent. So I really don't think I have a place to be able to comment on stuff. But I, I think I can have an idea. And, and I'd like to hear from you. If, if you think I'm wrong, you can leave me a voicemail or email me. But you should always want the next generation to be better off than what you were. So, yeah, you're going to want to push them harder and stronger than your parents did. But is there a limit? Is there a threshold that you should not cross? Because Tiger's dad, like, I mean, what kind of childhood did Tiger Woods have? I mean, he's doing well right now, but look at all the problems he had. I've talked about this childhood trauma stuff. And maybe one day I'll be able to talk about what happened to me. But guys, I mean, what happens to you as a kid is the foundation for the rest of your life. And it can affect you. And back back to what I said earlier, I'm not trying to make excuses. But when you're young, you are in a very fragile state. But it is the foundation that the rest of your life is being built on. So what what type of stress was Tiger under? And now that the media is already all over this, this is the first time that Tiger and his son, I think, has played publicly. So why is the media? Is the media to blame? Is the media to blame by putting too much pressure on Charlie Woods? 
or is is some of the blame partial to Tiger? You know, back to what I was saying, Tiger had, you know, I've not heard any stories of abuse or anything like that, but Tiger, all he did was go to school and play golf. And I'm sure playing golf was a lot more. And I'm not saying Tiger's dumb. No, no, not at all. But what I'm trying to say is, what type of childhood, what type of experiences did he not have when he was younger because his dad was pushing him and guiding him to be the world's greatest golfer of all time? But Charlie, I mean, I, I think, I hope, and I think Tiger is a good father. I don't think, I, I think Tiger, from what he's been through, at an early age, and when I say what he's been through, it's, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but he did not get to be a kid. And I and and I will say this: I saw pictures and videos about uh, with Charlie and the guys. The kid's got a swing; he got an eagle on a par five. But is he doing okay? He's smiling. He seems like a very happy kid. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because doesn't all kids, all sons try to look up to their father. I, 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 and I don't want you to think that I have a complex. I, I really don't have a complex, but I, I truly, truly do think that all sons live to make their father proud. And we look at their fathers, we look at our fathers as a way to base ourselves in the future. You know, I grew up as an only child. My mom stayed home with me the whole time. And and I don't want you to think that my dad is some like chauvinistic pig that, oh, I'm going to make the money. You're going to be the woman. You're going to take care of the child. You're going to cook. You're going to clean. You're going to do all this stuff. No, that's that's not how my dad was. The reason why my dad wanted me to be home while I was going to school was because they wanted to keep an eye on me. I've talked about this. Generation X, uh, they were known as the latchkey kids. We had to come home. We had to take care of ourselves. We probably didn't see our parents until after maybe 6 o'clock, maybe ate dinner, did our homework, and went to bed. And, oh, also, that's not even counting all the divorce rates that were going on in the country for the Gen Xers. So I look at what my dad had, and and that's what I wanted. because. Guys, I I know that I've been a fuck up as of late. I've made a lot of mistakes, but for the most part, I mean, I I think I turned out to be a pretty good person. I mean, I I have my issues, but I always wanted that. I wanted to be able to have a kid. I wanted my wife at the time to be able to stay home with the kid until uh, he was old enough, he or she was old enough, and was responsible enough to be able to take care of themselves. So. So, yeah, we all look up to our fathers. I wanted the same thing. That's what I thought a man was supposed to be. A man was supposed to go out, make a living, uh, take care of his family, provide for his wife so his wife could take care of the kid. And it's not like my dad. My dad had a lot of hands-on stuff uh, with me growing up, but my dad did work a lot. You know, I'm not saying... Once again, I'm, I don't want you to think I'm one of those chauvinistic guys, but why not? You have to admit, and I know women, they have goals. They, they, they want to accomplish stuff. And, and every, every woman 
to be afforded that right. But you cannot deny when a man can provide for a, for a family, for the family. I'm not, I'm not saying the man is providing for the woman and the kid. Like it's so, oh my God, husband, I'm so glad that you provided for us. Now, I mean, the most important thing is, is the child. Why not give the child every single advantage that it can have? And I know that I'm sounding like a conservative. Hell, I might even sound like a liberal. That's, that's how much the lines are blurred right now. But that's how I look at father-son relationships. I, I've talked about this before. Um, I'm a nerd. I'm not one of those manly, manly men. I'm not very masculine. I, I, as of late, I'm getting a little bit more masculine because I'm taking care of myself. But I got into sports. The reason I played sports, the reason I got into baseball, football, wrestling was because I wanted to have something in common with my father. I started watching the Florida Gator football game. I started watching the Miami Dolphins football games and we bonded. And I'm not saying that's wrong because I, I cherish those moments, like I said earlier in today's show. But I was going through some of the older sports athletes. And there, there's a lot of father-son duos out there. You know, I, I just read a news report where LeBron James, LeBron James wants to stick around in the NBA long enough where he can play with his son. And I do not know if that's ever been done before. I, I know that there have been father-sons that have played in the NBA, but I'm talking about father-sons that have played at the same time. The other one that comes to mind is Ken Griffey Jr. Sr. He was a part of that big red machine Cincinnati Reds team that won the back-to-back -back World Series. And I think, I yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Not even a limb. I know for a fact Ken Griffey Jr. Sr. and Ken Griffey Jr. both played on the same team. I think they even hit back-to-back -back home runs at one point. But... Let's let's take it a little step further. You know, we're not just talking about father-sons that have played on the same team or played at the same time in the same league, but let's talk about father-son duos. I mean, one of the biggest ones that comes to mind is the, the Mannings, Archie. Archie never won the, the ring, but he was a hell of a player. He was a legend at Ole Miss. And then Eli, well, I mean, let's go to Peyton. Peyton was first. He went to Tennessee, and in a roundabout way, earlier when I was talking about the Florida Gators, as good as Peyton Manning was, two-time Super Bowl winner, won the Heisman, uh, holds so many records, well, maybe at one time held records, in the NFL, never beat the Gators his whole entire career at Tennessee. And then Eli followed in his father's footsteps and played at Ole Miss. Now, Eli ended up winning two Super Bowls, the same as his brother. But you want to know what's more impressive about Eli? He beat the GOAT. Eli beat the mother effing GOAT, Tom Brady, twice. I think, hold on, I, I could be wrong. No, last year, yeah, no. Before the, the last time Brady played in the Super Bowl, I could have sworn they lost to another team, but I know that Brady lost two Super Bowls to Eli. So there's a lot of stress out there. And 
I'm not saying that Charlie Woods is being abused or 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 Tiger is a bad dad, but you you have to think about the pressure, all the weight on a young Charlie Woods playing with his dad with all those cameras around. Jesus Christ, can you even imagine? So I you know, I like I said, I'm not trying to be some motivational speaker, not trying to like be a, you know, rah-rah type guy. But it's just some of the stuff that I think about. Since I've gotten off of all the psychotropic drugs, I, I'm analyzing things. Maybe I'm overanalyzing things too much. But it makes me think about things. I've always been a very empathetic uh, guy. And if you don't know what empathetic means, is I'm basically, I have this knack of being able to put myself in other people's shoes. Do I completely understand what people are going through? But no, for the most part, I get pretty close. Hope you guys enjoyed today's show. Uh, I'm looking forward to things getting back to normal. My mom got home tonight. So maybe things will get back to normal. Hope you guys are having a great holiday. And if you don't listen to the show again, I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. For today. Thanks for listening to the Tuttle Daily Podcast. Hey, don't be a dickhead. Do us a favor like, share, and subscribe to the show. Also, check out the Tuttle category at 315live.com. The Tuttle Daily Podcast is brought to you by the Vapor Shades Hobo Fish Cam. You want some cool ass sunglasses? Check out vaporshades.com. Also brought to you by stitchyouup.com, pocketpairclub.com. Special thanks to show intern Hannah and Charlie Alamo for their contributions. Additional imaging and production is provided by CCA Productions. Facebook.com slash CCA Productions presents. Show voiceover service is brought to you by jcvoiceover.com. That guy's got a damn sexy voice. You should hire him. Check out jcvoiceover.com. If you want to help support the show, go to paypal.me slash Tuttle on the radio. Comments? concerns or do you just want to let tuttle know he's being a dickhead tuttle at gmail.com that's tuttle with two d's at gmail.com to follow all of tuttle's social media go to tuttle.net thanks again for all your support and we'll see you tomorrow on the tuttle daily podcast hey yo terry fuck going on